program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Hello and welcome to Share Your Hotness podcast with your host, Lita Green, and my guest today, Anna Zumwalt. Did I say your name correctly, my friend? Actually, yes, you did. Sweet, sweet. I always love it when I manage to get it correct. Um, So little background with Anna is she was actually one of my first guests on the podcast, but as a new podcaster, I messed up the sound. So we are doing this again. And it was so funny because Anna, when I asked her to be on, because you know, you want your first guest to be people that you get along with really well because you're learning a new thing. And Anna and I just always have a great time when we talk, but I also didn't know her terribly well. Like I don't know the details. So I'm like, this will be good as I kind of dive in. And she's like, well, I'm kind of boring. And I'm like, nobody's boring. And so we're like digging in. And then finally this fascinating thing came out that you shared with me later into the podcast that we had you on. Do you remember what it was? No. That you're a monk. Oh. Yes, it's like so cool. And I didn't even know that there were female monks. It's Zen. Yeah, it's Zen, right? Okay, so I want you to tell my listeners because I like to think that I'm fairly knowledgeable about different cultures and history because this is the kind of thing that I consume, right? And I did not know that there were Zen female, you know, I just didn't know that there were female monks. Yep. Yeah. So tell us all about it. (laughs) Tell us the things, Anna. Well, let's see. Um, How, how you decided to become a monk? You know, well, there's different flavors of Buddhism. So for starters, so um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I hope this doesn't rub anybody the wrong way but I you know it's kind of like Christianity or maybe other religions but um that there's different kind of different flavors of it and like different degrees of orthodoxy you're saying exactly yeah of fundamentalism or whatever and um anyway I uh my tribe my uh flavor flavor is yeah, is Zen and not, yeah, not very religious, religious, but, um, in, so not very orthodox, you're saying, so maybe not as traditional, is that, well, they have, we have our own traditions, I guess, well, it's, oh, you know, that could be like hours and hours talking about that, we just, so Zen is about basically just sitting still, so like, if you take Buddhism, right, which, yeah, you know, everybody's heard of the Buddha, uh, and the Buddha was famous for sitting, sitting still, right. and that's how, you know, he said, I'm just going to sit here until I figure it out, because he's been trying to figure out, you know, the meaning of life for years and years, and then he said, I'm just going to sit here until I figure it out, and he sat there, and then he had, you know, a great opening, insight, 
you know, basically feeling one with everything. Right, right, right. Which I yeah. actually do kind of love this old idea of how we get away from our devices and how we use those devices can really distract us from ever being still and just being and how valuable that is. Yeah, and it's funny, you know? a lot of uh, apps for being still. Um, anyway, yeah, so, uh, so Zen is basically just mostly focused on just sitting, sitting still. So every morning I sit still for, you know, mostly still for about two hours. Um, and people join me via Zoom and it's really cool. And, you know, it's not two hours straight, it's- Okay, because I maybe have too much ADD to contemplate what that uh, okay so spell that out for me you're sitting and you're so, like doing like a virtual meeting with other people that are sitting uh, and being still and you're not like chatting you're like you know, you're like um yeah we're just we're just sitting still i should have i turn when i do zoom i turn around my uh my turn around my whole setup Otherwise, I'd be able to show you, but we're podcasting and radio. Right, so right. So anyway. just describing it. So, now I have, you did show me your little shrine I and know. it's just a little table with some little things to kind of like center you like, No, right? it's not even that. It's just, I just have it there for show, I guess. I don't know. It's well, I mean, like a lot of religions have, um, you know, like the Catholic, you're going to see the candles with the Virgin Mary and they might have different saints that, and it's right. just not so much that they're praying to them but using them as like a conduit to kind of like center their thoughts as they pray to god well yeah some people do that they have altars and they have statues of buddha for or different bodhisattvas which are kind of like the saints um so it's it's individual for different people and even for myself i mean my little altar might mean different things at different times right now i, I just have a you know, rocks on it and some statues and a candle. Because I learned that um, beeswax candles actually ionize and clean the air. At least I hope so. That's what I, so anyway, so I burn a candle and I have a, anyway, little things on it, trinkets. But, um, well, I have a little station where I pray. And oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so altars are not a part of our faith. Yeah. But um, I think it, we are encouraged to, to put things in our home that kind of help center us, you know, to help remind us of, you know, God and Jesus Christ and everything. Yeah. And so, but I have next to my bed, I have a picture of my husband and I and where we got married and a quote about charity and, you know, a couple of biblical pictures that just kind of remind me to pray. And I'm not a kneeing pray to, I mean, I will pray on my knees, but my prayers are shorter. But if I just kind of sit and look at that and then I just kind of okay and I kind of get like in the space right where I'm and I can sit for a lot longer than I can kneel but I could never sit for two hours unless I was in a wheelchair <laughs> which I was at one point so I'm like I want to know more about this sitting and the capacity to do that and what experience that is for you well, um, it's kind of like the altar and that the experience and the meaning of it can change. Yeah, day to day, minute to minute. Um, but just to walk you through it. So, you know, I get up in the morning and, um, and I come down here and I uh, turn on my zoom and I have my little cushion, I just sit on it. And um, 
and I start the start the sitting period at seven o'clock and I just sit quietly and what goes on and oh and during that time so I sit from seven to eight and then I ring the bell and we do some chanting just you know for a couple it's very short and uh and then take a you know the rest of the 15 minute break and then come back and sit from 8 15 to 9 15 during that time on zoom people from all over the world will pop on people from uh well people from uh, portland and washington and oklahoma and uh the midwest and the east coast and california and um Ireland and Italy, uh, somebody from Italy joins us every day, somebody from uh, Denmark uh, joins us, um, South Africa, uh, those are our regulars, but people, yeah, people pop on, and it, so it's really cool. Yeah, that um, is a beautiful sense of community, and these are people that are in your flavor of Buddhism. I'm... You know, I, I guess so, but I think that, yeah, we all met through, you know, our Zen Zen group, but, um, you know, people probably do their own things. It's, 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 for me, it's two hours to basically do whatever I want or not do anything. And, um, but I, but just going back to the people that pop on, they, some people pop on just for like five minutes. You know, they don't sit for two hours. Some people do sit for the whole two hours. Uh, some people just sit for half of that. Some people sit for, yeah, like I said, a fraction of that. Um, actually, it's really rare that somebody does the whole flat two. Well, it's not that rare. So I could still be a good Zen for five exactly. minutes. <laughs> exactly. And, and one of my friends that uh, pops on once in a while, she's a member of an ADHD group. So she's like... She is all about that. Um, and she's loving her ADHD, ADHD group. But uh, yeah, but what I do when I sit is, um, yeah, like I said, whatever I want to do. But sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just me sitting. And it's like, well, why am I here? And it's like, well, what else is there for me to do right now? I'm going to practice just feeling really relaxed, right? And, you know, I know that people that, sit with our group every day, you know, some of them do their prayers during that time. So it can be uh, very religious. Um, it can be, you know, self-therapy. You can think about whatever you, sometimes, well, not every day I sit there and I have a little table in front of me. You can't see it on the Zoom, but it actually has a notebook. And sometimes like I'll think of things and I'll write them down. So it may be that yeah. I'm working on something. So I'm, uh, you know, thinking about it, and then I problem right, solve, right. and then I write it down. So I can kind of work on it. You know, I'm practicing my Spanish. Sometimes for two hours, I sit there and I just practice my Spanish in my head. But so it it can change anyway. Okay. Okay. So that because that's kind of how I use my walking time. Yeah. I like to go on walks and I think about things. And a lot of times, I'll start my walk with like a question that I'm pondering you know, which is, you know, which is a form of prayer, right? Because I'm just kind of searching out, okay, what's the answer here? Yeah. And, and it's so much better. And then at night, I don't like to ask those questions because then I can't sleep. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll put them in my phone be like, you can ask this question on your walk. 
That's really, that's really brilliant. And I've just recently, um, so I'm also a hypnotherapist and I uh, help people with different issues like sleep or whatever. And that's something that I recently, uh, a technique I recently, well, recently, probably within the last two years stumbled upon is what you said, you know, don't think about things right before you go to sleep. That's brilliant. Just write it down and say, I'll think about this later. So like my two hours, I get it. If I want to think about what I worry about, that is a great time to think about that stuff. Right, but right. Like Things said, that I'm trying to ponder out to yeah. the dynamic of something that might be difficult for me. Um, you know, my own personal accountability of how did I handle this or handle that. But at night, I only do things I'm grateful for. Yes, perfect. And, you know, I just go over all the things I'm grateful for. Another funny thing that I do, because <laughs> I, um, I, you know how they talk about counting sheep? Yeah. So I'd be curious of your, uh, you know, your opinion on this, but I literally go from like the top of my house and I'm like, okay. And I visualize each room and that it's all organized and all where I want the things to be. Hmm. Right. And I like, it's like, I'm my mental dream castle. And then sometimes I will say, okay, oh, I left this thing undone. It's okay. It's sitting on my desk. And so in the morning when I'm starting my day, I'm like, I go to straight to the thing on my desk or the thing in the, on the couch or the thing in the kitchen that needs to be done. And so it's like my to-do list, you know, kind of jump starting me to go. I don't even have to think through it because my mental castle, I already said those things were what they're waiting for me. That's brilliant. That's actually, I've never heard of that before, but it's kind of like, so I do that sometimes like or with clients and with myself, do a body scan, you know, and is there anything that needs extra uh, energy or attention or whatever, but you're doing a body scan with your um, house and that is brilliant. That gives me the idea. My, my house, I've, I've got so many piles of clutter. I should do, Lita, I'm going to steal that from you. Totally, totally. I mean, I just shared it on my podcast, but um, I, I think that it's that, uh, for me, I've actually gone some, through some health struggles. Mm. And so it was kind of something that I started doing because maybe not everything was okay with my body, but at least my spiritual home, you know, this castle that I've made here for my family was orderly. And I did have, um, I don't know if I want to say control, but I did have the capacity to organize this, this sphere. And so okay. everything outside of that is outside of me right but here is and i will just go to sleep with that and i found it to be incredibly enjoyable during the pandemic because then i had all my lists of projects that i could do yeah. which i enjoy doing that wasn't a stressful thing to me that's brilliant i think i would have been a good farm owner back in the day as long as there were lots of neighbors <laughs> why neighbors Oh, I love people. I love people yeah. so much, but I do love fussing with things, you know, organizing and cleaning. Like I used to have a maid and I realized that I actually enjoy cleaning my own home and that it's, this, it's very empowering to me. And I am a prior maid. So I, my standard of where I want the cleaning to happen is very high. Yeah. And, um, but I, I, and it's not that I don't like having my house clean time to time by other people, but I just found it very calming and like, oh, look at, 
really just this joy of the abundance and the comfort and the beauty that I get to surround myself with. Yeah, when you clean, I don't I don't clean as often as I should, but it's true. Cleaning, uh, it's also like a taking inventory of things that you or things that I cherish, and uh, it's also kind of like an archaeological dig. You just you just um, reminded me of a couple of things. That's so funny. For, uh, one thing is that um, you said you you know you worked as a maid uh, before, and I've been in the restaurant industry before, and somebody on Facebook was. Uh, commenting about how, um, uh, how, you know, the pandemic and people are going and eating out more and how rude customers are. And I'm thinking, uh, anyway, I'm so critical of wait staff because I did so much waiting myself. So I know what good service is. And, and anyway, so I totally get what you said. The other thing you mentioned though, is how much you love people. And during the pandemic, I get all my groceries delivered, whether it's, uh, or I shouldn't say all of them, but most of them, you know, via Amazon. I know there's a lot of Amazon haters, but sorry. We don't have to get into the hate. We don't do hate <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> I love Amazon. I love getting stuff delivered. And I love Costco. And I used to love going to Costco, but with pandemic, I discovered that I should get stuff delivered. So it's great. I also feel like it's given somebody it's helping support somebody else. I'm paying them, you know, like $20 or whatever to shop for me or whatever. Um, but every once in a while now I do get out and like I went to Home Depot the other day and I'm thinking that this is really weird but I think that maybe you can get it <laughs> after what you just said. And that is that walking even through Home Depot, all these people I don't know and I just love people so much and I just, I see them and granted, I don't know their drama because I have family members that right now I'm taking like a huge break, like not talking to break from, but just, hum so the drama I don't like, the BS I don't like, but humanity I really love and just getting out there and seeing people and just for myself feeling that love of humanity. Does that sound? No, I, I actually love this, this train of thought because I, I have often said that I feel like I have the gift of seeing people yeah. and a lot of what started this share your hotness video series, which led to the podcast was that I go around when my kids were very little, I would say, let's see how many people mom can make smile at the store today. And I give sincere compliments. I talk to people, the lady with the screaming child, I will now say it's okay. They grow up. They're awesome. You know what I mean? Like you're doing a good job. You know, I just send out love to people. Right. And it's all genuine. I'm not like yeah. going up to the lady with a wart on her nose saying, I love your wart. I'm saying, oh, wow, I love your eyes. Right. Yeah. I'm, you know, genuinely complimenting and interacting with people. And part of why I did that is because my mother was very friendly. And I, it was a wonderful skill set that has served me spiritually, financially. It's a what there's so many levels of why it's a great thing to do. Yeah. But I wanted my children to have that same skill. Yeah. And I also do not believe in stranger danger. Yes. Because of my research and, you know, because my second book is in overcoming sexual abuse. And I had been molested from two and a half to 14. Wow. And there was this part of my mother's side of the family, not my mother. My mother's side of the family that's very much i now call them the clan because they are so integral connected to each other and there's this political like 
like it would be said that they would we'd have to do PR. And I'm like, why do I have to have PR done on my behalf with my grandparents? Like, this is not normal, you know? And um, so there's just all these things that I never was quite on the inside of and never quite understood. And I was the example of what was wrong and blah, blah, blah. But um, my mother was somebody that I know that she came up with the skill of loving people, either through a spiritual gift or something that she really mentally worked on. And it made our lives so much richer, especially when you contrast to where she came from. It makes it all the more profound that she had this ability yeah. and desire to do that. And from, you know, the Hell Angels bikers to a CEO, she treated everybody the same. And so I wanted my kids to have that and to know what normal felt like so that if they were ever being targeted by, because it's 83 to 90% somebody you know that's going to molest you that my kids would be like, wait a minute, there's all these other people out there who treat me with kindness, all these other people who treat me with respect, and then they would be able to better call that out. Exactly. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. And, yeah. And I wanted my, I want my kids to, I mean, I believe that we're all creations of God, his children. That means we have heavenly parents. Like I, this is what I believe. And so even if we're, if you, even if you just boil it down to we're all human, you can always find common ground with people. Yeah. And to see other people, but individually, that's where the principle of forgiveness comes in. Because I have people in my family that I love and I know they're, I'm, they're in quotation marks, good people. And I say that because there are no good people and bad people in my view. We all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect, right? Pride's the biggest sin, right? So there's no... Um, you know, when we're like, oh, I do all X, Y, and Z, I'm a good person. We're actually, it's a form of pride in my view, right? We're always, so I'm a Christian. So I'm looking at how do I need to use the atonement in my life? How do I need to repent? And, you know, the Bible talks about how pride is a problem, right? So, but individually I have people that though I can love humanity individually, I want, I have a family member that was always, always misinterpreting me. And when it came around, my daughter also misinterpreted, my daughter that passed away also misinterpreted me. They, they put me in silent treatment and I found out that I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I still love them. And I still think that they're wonderful and amazing things. But when it comes to me, yeah. there yeah. is this blind spot or something that the best thing I can do for them and for me is to remove me as an excuse for being angry, to remove me as an excuse for being jealous, to remove me as a conversation topic. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you don't know if you'll, if that, who knows what goes on behind your back, but the thing is that you removed yourself from that toxic. Right. But anything they're choosing to be upset about is, yeah. is in the past. Yep. And so when I get upset about things, I can say, well, that's the past. And then the question is like, cause you're talking about your, your family that you're having a distance from, well, what's the door that's open? You know, what's the path back to the relationship? And I don't have the answer for that personally. And I don't think that's one that somebody else can necessarily give to someone, but that's the question that I ask myself, hmm. is that where forgiveness is or is that where boundaries are? Hmm. What do you think? 
I, I mean, you're the monk. I mean, I don't have any cool religious title. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's a cool religious title, but um, I, uh, yeah, I think that you and I are kind of in the same boat there, uh, figuring that out. And I think, I don't know, right now, I don't have the answer to that. It just feels um, good to, uh, yeah, have self-respect and not feel that, um, I need to be part of that uh, clan, clanish. Yeah, behavior. I call it the dysfunctional dance. Yeah, and um, I did hear this line one time that you know the greatest service you'll ever do often is within your own family. And what is that? What is our own family? Well, it could be the people you live with. It can be in general humanity, or it can be with these people that we were assigned to live with because of where we were born, right? And you said it at the beginning of this podcast, what family is. Right, right, exactly. You know, and so we just, it's, uh, it, it's I think these are interesting questions that maybe you could sit for every morning for two hours and ponder. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I keep thinking about them. And, and I, you know, I, I think that when we don't know the, the individual crazy in people, it's easier to give people grace, but we're all a little crazy. We all have our weirdness. Like I talk too much, but at the same time, that's also how I make a living. Yep. I went on a walk with our adopted family that we were talking about before the podcast got going, that this family that we've chosen to be with, right? And I'm stopping and talking to all the neighbors that are out working in their yard. They're like, Lita, we got to put blinders on you when we take you on a walk. And I'm like, I can't take me anywhere. And they're joking, but they know that this is the weird quirk in me. And so their body language, their tone is joking with me, but there's not an underlying stop being you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. that when we, we have a certain history with people sometimes or they trigger us or whatever, that a behavior that other people will accept is perfectly fine or humorous. Other people are like, oh, why are you talking to people? Right? Yeah, because it brings up their own whatever. Yeah. And I, I do think it brings up in this particular family member um, all the things they were taught from my grandparents' culture that one, my mother chose to give us a different framework and I think I've just taken it further. And how do your kids, do your kids, uh, I mean, that's interesting. You and I, we actually, we have so much in common. <laughs> no and wonder I, we get along. <laughs> I know. And I'm the same way. I mean, Michael's like, I can't take you. I mean, he loves it. He does not mind it, but, you know, I'll be talking to everybody. But, uh, and my, par my parents, you know, were, you know, my mother is very friendly. Uh, both my grand, my her father and my father's mother were both notorious for talking to everybody. Um, but that you actually engage your kids consciously in that, um, in that tradition, um, how are they, are they very outgoing? Do they, did they pick up that ball and run with it? Yeah. So my, I believe that personality is soul given, you know, that we're born with the personality we have. Right. And, you know, the psychologists say it's set by three and different circumstances might push certain personality traits to the side. But I think as we become more aware of who we are, our personality will, 
resurface, right? And so my soul is social, right? Now my son is very much my son. He's um, very social, but because he's been able to be raised in a home with economic opportunity and a mom and a dad, and you know, you know, I don't believe that's because he's white, but he is a child of privilege. He has been able to, you know, go for student government, you know, be, you know, do all, all the things that you would want to do as a kid that's a social kid. And um, my daughter is an introvert, like her dad. And so when she's in certain situations where she's like, ah, oh, it's so awkward, I'm like, sweetie, but you have the skills to not make it awkward. So she knows how to go into a group and learn how to engage people, bring them out. And though it exhausts her more, because again, extroverts or introverts are not if they don't like people or not, it's that they're drained by being around people, introverts, or gain energy by being around people, extroverts. So you can have a shy extrovert who's just sitting there smiling in the corner, like, love all the people here, right? But my daughter is the classic introvert that she needs her quiet time. She needs to be away from people, too many people overwhelmer and so but I point out to her you have the skill set you can turn it on yeah very cool so, so that's that's interesting that um yeah well that's a gift that you give them that 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 socializing those socializing skills of of being out there and what you said about uh you you are not a proponent of stranger danger. I've never heard anybody say that before, but I feel I'm a hundred percent with you that um, the worst thing that we can do is be afraid of, of everybody, especially of strangers. What a, well, and you think about what's happening to, especially our children with wearing masks. And I'm not sure if I, I, I wish I had that at my fingertips, but there is a study that they did where they was doing video games and what was easier for you know kids to shoot and they found it was easier for kids to shoot the the masked assailant wow. and um you know removing people's facial features i'm a makeup artist that's how we communicate it is such a huge part of how we communicate thus how we connect yeah. And I, I know that COVID is real. I am vaccinated myself. I'm not anti, um, you know, the reason we haven't had as many flus is because we have been socially distanced, even though the CDC has come out and said six feet is too far, we probably should have really done three. I mean, because we just don't know so much about COVID, right? So I'm not saying all of that is bad, but the, the consequences of this mask wearing, for you and I who love people, it's going to be fine. I'm like, walking into places now, cause I'm vaccinated and our state governor said, if you've been vaccinated, act like it. I'm like acting like it, right? Yeah. But if a business asks me to put a mask on, I'm like, that's fine, you know? Cause that's what they need to do with the health department to stay open, whatever. So, um, but I'm just walking around like an idiot, smiling, you know, loving it. And, but there are people, you know, like our children who don't have the same life experience that we have, who yeah. have not, been able to see that human connection and to build those skills that are very much a skill. Yeah. That's of how to, yeah. yeah. And you know, that like I've told my kids, I said, we, you, you and I, because again, we have the skills to whom has the gift must use the gift. Right. 
you and I need to make a conscious effort to be a little more for people right now, especially mm-hmm. children. And at church, I get to work with the uh, 18 month olds. 18, and wow. I know I, it's called being the nursery leader and I think it's the best calling ever. So from 18 months to three, they're in my little classroom. And I got these new kids last Sunday was our first Sunday that we were with the kids. So these kids, I realize, and I'm wearing masks still at church. The church is, our church is trying to be compliant with the most hyper regulations. And these kids literally have never really seen a whole person's face except for their family. Yeah. Because, you know, five, six months, all you care is about, you know, when am I eating, pooping and sleeping? Yeah. They were six months old when the pandemic started. Wow. And they've literally never seen an unmasked face outside of like a few intimate people. Well, and you, and you know, it's interesting when you first said that, I thought, well, there's TV, not as an excuse, but it's not the same thing because TV, sure, you see people laughing and smiling, but they're not laughing and smiling at you, or I shouldn't say laughing, they're not smiling at you. And what you said about that, I mean, it does affect me. Like I said, I went to Home Depot and I hated that people couldn't see me smiling. And that right. I couldn't see them smiling. Well, um, and the, the brain chemistry of seeing a person um, in person, mm-hmm. there's something that registers in our brain that makes us happy. And women have an extra dose of this, hmm. right? Like women need other women, like we need it. Um, but when we are having a conversation, there's little things firing off in our brain that make us happy. That does not happen with TV and movies. Yeah because like you say, they're not smiling at us and because they're not a person we can touch and feel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Which I think is why people, um, why my podcast is, you know, it just keeps doing better and better is because it's giving people an insight into actual conversations because we're Mm -hmm. not scripted. Yeah. Right. It's good. They're, you know, it's people are enjoying it because they're like, they're getting to have this experience of talking with someone that they might not get to. And so learn a different experience. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's interesting. Um, But with your kids, with your uh, Sunday school kids, are you, maybe you can wear, do you wear the plastic shield where they can see your face or? Well, maybe I shouldn't out myself, but I have been putting the mask down. I bet they love that. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to be like, Lita? But um, there was a little kid that was upset and this kid knows me and has seen me unmasked because the mom and I are friends. Why was he upset? Because he's never been left in a room without his mom. Oh, wow. Oh, because um, sister has cystic fibrosis. And so mom and grandma during COVID, if a child with cystic fibrosis got COVID, it would be deadly. Mm-hmm. And they already have um if you've ever seen the movie six feet apart or five feet apart i don't know anyway they both have cystic fibrosis and children with cystic fibrosis live basically with what we've all dealt with in the pandemic mm-hmm. year year round wow. so from october to april they don't actually go out much because it's flu season hmm. so there's a very small pool of people that can be in, around their family because of what was happening with just in general, let alone with COVID. 
And I'm one of the families that they know that we were taking COVID seriously. And I'm very careful about germs because I had a daughter that was in the NICU. So I have some empathy and understanding and experience there. And so we're people that they, they know and they've seen, but he'd never, this was a new room. He'd never been in this room at the church. It's a new place. It's a new experience. And um, 18 month olds are just dealing with separation anxiety. Yeah. You know, because it's only about what 11 months that they've even figured out somewhere around 11 to 13 months or maybe around 18 months. I don't remember exactly, but where they've even figured out they're not the same person as their mom. Yeah. It had never occurred to them before then that they were not their mom. So when mom walks out of the room, they're like, what the crap? Yeah. <laughs> right. And so it's just a, you know, like, wait a minute. And so, you know, you're just loving on them while they're crying, which is the same way mom builds trust. But I just put my mask down because I'm like, you know me, buddy. It's okay. And, you know, he's safe and I'm not, no one's going to hurt him. And that, I mean, we all need those experiences where if we're 30 or, you know, 18 months old, that we know even in a hard day, we're going to have people that accept us and love us. Yeah. So some of us cry at nursery and some of us need to go to read book, good book. <laughs> Some of us cry during two hours sitting on our cushion in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so it is like a purging process for you, right? I mean, because if you're crying on, you're like processing things sometimes. Oh, yeah. That, it, that, that happens a lot. It happens a lot. Yeah, actually. Um, maybe. And I just started doing the two hours, you know, every single day during COVID and talking with you today. And I know we just have a couple of minutes left, but um uh, hearing about, yeah, what we've been through socially or what we haven't been through socially. Um, yeah, it's my little processing time. And yeah, it, it, not, uh, it's, it's not uncommon to, like, to, you know, have stuff come up and be processing it. Yeah. Yeah. I went through, um, surgery, um, as of recording 21 days prior yeah. and I recognized, that I was feeling a little emotional yeah, and I was crying at things that normally I would have been like, Oh, that's sweet. That I was like, that's beautiful. Right. And I was just getting a little extra and I was like, Oh, I had anesthesia on my brain. That is, that has been proven to be something that makes you a little, uh. plus, you know, I had, I was cut into and that's unpleasant. So you got, you know, pain medication, which I, only I don't like how I feel on them. So I only took two pills, um, anesthesia, all these different things. And to kind of go, wait, and to create an extra space around that's okay, that I'm feeling differently, actually helped me show up the way I want to. Hmm. But I actually had this thing where I wanted to go check myself into a hotel and not even come home. And that's a sign of depression. When hmm. an extrovert withdraws like that. So I'm like, wait, that's a sign of depression. Well, what was going on in your mind though? I just wanted to be alone. Just feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. And once you realize that it's chemical. Yeah. And not, and I could like do my little castle inventory, right? Everything's fine. Did you do that? I do. Yeah, I do that. And lots of like, I just kind of know, okay. But I, I have, um, I also have the different quadrants of my life in a castle. Hmm. Right. Where no, there's. Feng shui. Is it? Is that a feng shui thing? 
I don't know much about feng shui, but I know the word and I- You're not a monk of feng shui. (laughs) Say that five times fast. Yeah, so it just, um, where there's my most intimate room to my outside room, right? And I'm just moving it on out. Does that make sense? So um, like on social media, if, um, you know, any certain level of being out there, you're going to have people that have an opinion. Yeah. And sometimes people do that. And I'm like, they're not my innermost room. I call them intimacy circles in my second book. They're not in my innermost room. So if somebody's like upset about something, they're, they're still in the circle of humanity, but how close are they to me is how much I let them impact me. Hmm. Even though somebody way out there may have like, let's say somebody critiques something and I'm like, let me look at that. Is that a true thing? Hmm. And if it's not a true thing, then I can just let, let them, let them hold it. That's fine. Yeah. But if, random stranger gave me great feedback. Like I have, I'm going to out myself. I struggle with working out. I found out that I had some oxygen issues, but I struggle with it, you know, and I'm fine. I got my oxygen great as of, as of October, but, um, I, cause her eyes, Anna's eyes, like all went big, (laughs) like air is important. You need this. And there was a woman that was ample more than I am. And she was work, you know, she was riding a bike and my husband's a cyclist. There's a big cycling culture in our family because my husband likes to cycle. And I was like, Hey, well done. And she was like, I don't need your patronage. And I was, I was really upset because my intention was not to hurt her, but I realized I hurt her. And then I stepped back and I look at this and this was a stranger who just gave me awesome feedback. She doesn't know me. And so she doesn't know if I'm mocking her. And there are other people out there who might mock a woman who's more ample, you know, riding a bike. And that would never occur to me without that feedback I got from her. So I actually put it up on Facebook and like apologize to her because I don't know who she is, but you know what I mean? Because that wasn't my intention. And I know I'm, I'm fine with accountability. But that was awesome feedback. So when I see someone who's ample working out, unless I know them, even though I love it when people encourage me, yeah, I learned a great lesson that day oh. because people interpret different things coming in. So I let it go in the sense that it's not, um, it wasn't my intention to hurt her. I don't have to like go hunt her down and figure out who she is, right? but great feedback that there are people who make fun of overweight people when they're working out. Mm, Wow. That's really impressive that you took what she said and you realized, okay, she's not saying that to me. She's saying it to the last person that said that to her or somebody else that. And more than likely it's been more than one person. Exactly. And that's coming back to circle. That's how we get our triggers. Right. Mm-hmm. you know maybe her maybe her mama was like giving her heart oh baby you got to work out you know you people fat shaming is a real thing in our society mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't I guess I don't get out that much <laughs> well um you actually um you can look this up it's really interesting for the listeners as well that um 
people that are overweight are viewed with all these negative stereotypes that do that um, really it's like a racism nobody talks about. Hmm. And you're seeing like they're like I just got an advertisement from uh, Essential Bodywear, which is a bra company. And they had a woman that has clearly given birth, has some love on her as the model for this bra and underwear set. And I'm like, that makes me want to buy that way more than seeing a Victoria's Secret model in it. Because you know what? I may not look like that Victoria's Secret model in that underwear set if I were to buy that underwear set. Right. And she was, you know, posed in a non-provocative way. It was just a real woman who loved her body and it was a great advertisement. And so I'm loving that we're seeing a movement towards that to humanizing and recognizing that bodies are made in all different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think we might even, you know, um, swing over to a glamorization of a more full figure body where we need to be not worrying about what our bodies look like as much as we're worrying about if they're healthy or not. Well, I think you just, that's the nail to be hit on the head is being healthy. And I respect that you're drinking water, a whole lot of water. <laughs> well, I did my workout today. So the listeners, I'm like quietly drinking water. Because what, were, what was your workout? I just am walking at this point because I'm still recovering from surgery. And oh, it's, no, you just had surgery. Yeah. yeah 21 days ago, um, I had abdominal surgery. So I'm not doing all of my other stretches and stuff like that yet, except for like my arms and just walking. And it's a little bit hard on me still. <laughs> Well, walking is, I mean, more and more. Yeah. I mean, walking is one of the best exercises you can do. So do you work out before your Zen time at seven or you just get out of bed and goes in? Oh my gosh. I get out of bed. I don't even brush my hair. I'm, if you want to see me without makeup and sitting up. <laughs> okay. See, if I rolled out of bed yeah, and went and sat on a pillow, you'd come in 10 minutes later and I would be asleep. I'd be laying down asleep. (laughs) I'm not judging. I'm not judging at all. I get up and I, you know, go and do the laundry and I go organize my little castle, those little things that I've left. Right. And I get moving and then I go back into my room and put me together spiritually, emotionally, physically. Hmm. Lita, you're really inspiring me to do a little castle maintenance here (laughs) well I love that that's a fun tip you know because it's for me that loves there's a home buddy in me but I love people when's your birthday September 13th so you are a Virgo yes however I'm not really well aware of all these things I do not I do not I don't know what the right term is but I I'm not a Virgo I go under my moon sign is what I've been told and I'm very weird on the astrological chart. I'm fascinated with people. Are you a Gemini? I'm so sorry. I what don't know. I don't know what. Did you go by your moon sign? What is it? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I identify as hotness, you know? <laughs> so, but uh, my whole life, whenever they're like the Virgo things, I'm like, I'm not like that at all. Mm. Like that is not me at all. I don't know, honey, the fact that you're doing your meditation and, and checking out your room and making sure everything is in orgo, that sounds quintessential Virgo, which I respect. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, I just, um, like a lot of the emotional traits of a Virgo is not me. No. And um, so I had somebody who did a reading on me one time 
-hmm. and she looked at my birth certificate like she was like what's your when were you what time of the day you were born so she seemed like she really knew what she was doing and she was like oh you manifest under your moon sign and then this is the moon sign i was like oh that does look more like me hmm. and then for 350 i could have found out more but i haven't done that holy cow for free you can go on the internet and you can <laughs> you can <laughs> anyway blah 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 yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that people charge for that, but you're paying for their time and expertise and to shorten the, the research time for you. So we're, we're, we're not against people making a living, you no, know, not but um, it's true, like in makeup, you know, you can go on make, you know, YouTube and find all the makeup tips you could want to the nth degree, but people come to me because I'm going to simplify it for them and give them the tips they need for them. Yeah. Right, because you can find any knowledge out there you know and knowledge anything. and misknowledge right which you you can find out uh you know you can you can find out on the internet that the world is flat <laughs> yes you can and you can find a whole entire group that will agree with you that the world is flat well you know? so what do you got going on what's your next big thing uh well doing this podcast working on my third book and what is it, my what is it? It's um, so it is about the the life and death of my daughter and the lessons we learned in grieving and living joyfully after. So it's called more laughter than tears. That sounds huge. Yeah, it's the book that I was originally supposed to write and I was like, wait. It doesn't make sense just start with this big dramatic story because then people are going to be like wow you're ah right and it's not about me it's about the reader and so i started writing how to be confident because if you're a confident person then you're able to be more resilient and deal with these kinds of things and make a you know move forward with faith in yourself which you have to do after grief to grieve helpfully right yeah so my first book was like part one of this book but it's just it it was too much content it would have been like a really thick book can i find it on amazon or my first book <laughs> well yes you can um how to embrace your inner hotness and it's on my website at litagreen.com and amazon barnes and noble i'll carry it and then my second book love me too is on overcoming sexual abuse and thanks for turning this into a commercial anna uh, <laughs> but my, my third book, book too yeah, my third book. Yeah, grab your book. Um, my third book is uh, is not out yet, but I'm working on it. But the other big thing is my son is in that where he's about to leave the nest. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and you just I'm savoring that. Where is he going? Um, well, he is going to be serving a mission for our church, and so he has been saving up money. He's got a little bit more to earn. Where the deal is, he pays half, we pay half because this is his service. Yeah, is tithe on his this point in his life, yeah. and so he needs to have um, skin in the game. And uh, he has plans after his mission to go to college. And there's a particular young lady Ooh. that is wonderful, and we love her. And I'm against young love, but I like them. That's right. Yeah. So did you already tell me where he's hoping to go? Well, he would love to go to Puerto Rico because he's already gone there twice to build roofs. But when you put in your application to serve, yeah, they you could go anywhere in the world. You don't get to choose where you go. 
So, but if he gets to go to Puerto Rico, he would be thrilled out of his mind because he already has this love of the Puerto Rican people and he's already served there, you know, as far as building roofs. Yeah. So um, he already has that. He actually said one time it would be weird to go there to play. Yeah. Which I was like, what? Because he loves the beach and everything about that. And he goes, because their roofs still need to be built, mom. So he's going to just see work, 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 work. Well, no, he will, as a missionary, he will be doing humanitarian work, but also be doing proselytizing work. So there's a a strict schedule that he'll have with that. But yeah, but you know, he'll he'll probably uh, be glad to bring his hammer and do that kind of thing too. He's, 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 I like my kids. They're keepers. Yeah. And I love seeing them on seeing your posts on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So for those that aren't my personal Facebook friends, you can follow it. I share about my kids and (laughs) my, my, uh, uh, my, my various uh, adventures appropriate or not appropriate. Like uh, I call it grumpy Gertrude, what I just had surgery on. Did you see that? Holy cow, you are amazing. So yeah, it, it's funny how excited everybody is about Grumpy Gertrude being giddy now. So I just am like, I have the best Facebook community. I just, people are amazing. I have to so, say something. Yes. And that is that, um, yeah, I, well, you know, and now all your listeners know, I'm a huge fan of yours. And on your Facebook page, I love reading about your family and Grumpy Gertrude and things, what's going on. And I have to say, when I saw those pictures of you, like in the hospital, sans makeup, I mean, lady, you're gorgeous. You're, well, I mean, you're gorgeous. I love it. Like you and I, we've talked about how much we love colors and we, right, right. You know, I don't, yeah. I mean, I just rolled out of the, gar- I rolled off the bed onto the cushion and then out in the garden before I got here. So I'm not, but yeah. we love makeup and we love colors, but seeing you, um, yeah. Oh, natural or, or, yeah, I have no problem. Like, which is funny because there are people who get upset with me that I'm a makeup artist and speaker and a somewhat of a publicness that I don't present a perfect image all the time or that I take pictures that are not flattering at me of me. Yeah. And this is funny. It's again, it's about your house, right? How close, you know, and it's because what happens is people project what they think this person should be and they realize that this person's still just they don't realize we're still just people well I I make a very concerted effort to make sure that here and there there are pictures of me that I don't have makeup on and that there are plenty of pictures that are not flattering of me like where I'm making I may not be posing correctly or whatever it's just me with my family or whatever because I think it's important that I'm reminding people that no matter what I'm doing in my life it's still my life and And I'm still a real person and I'm not perfect or trying to project that I'm perfect I think you're perfect though and I think that person needs my husband thinks I'm pretty awesome too so thank you my friend Anna well I mean whoever said oh you're not perfect or whatever they need to read figure out that it's it's um it was interesting because during the quarantine I read an article that people were starting to push back on brands or celebrities that always had the perfect Instagram because people were like, wait a minute here, you know, like there was this celebrity, I don't remember who, that she was talking about how hard her life was. And in the background of this picture where she's perfectly posed with her child, um, the nanny was with, there was somebody with a laundry basket. Okay. I, 
Okay. And so people were like, that. yeah. Yeah. And people were like, we're all supposed to be sheltering in place. Who is this person who, um, you know, wasn't clearly wasn't a family member by the difference of ethnicities, you know, and, and it was a maid or a housekeeper or a nanny or something that this lady had hired. And she's talking about how it's so hard to be her without help. And yet there's literally the help, you know, and yeah. uh, people were like, they just wanted real people. And I was joking with that. Um, perfect. I've already well positioned myself <laughs> because I'm like, I'm real. And, you know, I, I do sell skincare. I have um, this June will be my 30th year in the beauty industry. Um, and so that does help that I've taken really good care of my skin and I have to, cause I have eczema, but I, but really I always tell people, you know, it's the products, but the love of a good man. And I'm giving credit to my husband that, you know, having that safety of feeling loved is, is huge because he's loved me through all my waist sizes. He's loved me. Even when I was in a wheelchair, he continues to love me. And that's like the greatest gift that I can give my children is that, that happily ever after does have happen. It's just more boring than maybe people want it to look like, you know, cause we can, a good marriage is about working hard together. Well, it's like in a lot of the celebrity stories and everything, I mean, all these stories are very drama filled and people think that, yeah, you, they, well, they think you can't live happily ever after or that that doesn't happen because uh, that is that you also need drama too. And you don't need the drama. And you bring up something really, so this morning when I was sitting, one of the things I was, that came up to my mind that I w was pondering was that, because, yeah, I mean, my childhood, I real I just wanted to be around nice people. And that's one of the reasons why I, because I, I kind of have realized this recently, is that um, I've had more of a trust of strange, like stranger danger. I've trusted strangers more than my own family, you know, than people that are around me. So I don't know if you can. Uh, no, I think there's. Um... I, you know, I believe when you look at somebody and you mm -hmm. can look in their eyes and you can see the radiance. And I have seen that with people from all different faiths and walk of life. And as I've gotten to know those people, it's proven they're people of integrity. Yeah. No one's perfect, but they're people of integrity. And so the only judgment I need to know is if that person is living in integrity for them. And, uh, well, I don't know if we ever know that. I think that's something that people, you know, spend their lives. Uh, right, no, but I mean, not in perfection, but that they're trying. That yeah. They're trying to be a good person. They're trying to, you know, do good in the world. They're trying to, you know, be honest and, and yeah. loving. You I, know? Think, I think a lot of people, even the ones that aren't very nice, I think they think they're trying, they're doing their best. But I, uh, I wanted to bounce off what you said about your husband. And that was that, um, you know, thinking about, you know, just wanting nice people around. And you and I are so lucky because it sounds like you were saying, using different words, the same thing about your husband. I've got the nicest husband in, <laughs> in the world. Do you know what I mean? It's so nice just to have a nice person. Around. Yeah, such a gift, such a gift. 
I'll tell kids when I'm speaking to kids on this kind of thing, I'll say, what you don't realize is that when you see your parents doing the dishes together, you know that water is a conduit for electricity, right? And so I'm making a joke that there's all this like in the currents, you know, <laughs> but you know, that you, you just look at them, you're like, oh, they're not doing it right. You know, but I make it all like hilarious because again, we've been showcased that we wake up in the morning and we're like, does Joey still like me? I don't know. Let me call my girlfriend and see what Joey said and bounce off, you know, with our conversation that we had instead of going and talking to Joey and figuring stuff out. And all of this drama is because the two people that are supposed to just talk to each other, don't talk to each other. And they're bouncing what the dynamic is off of every other source in their life, instead of just talking to each other, which is how you grow in trust and commitment is having communication, which is why we do these kinds of things is look at what a fun conversation. I thought we were going to go off on, you know, a huge in-depth, how you become a monk. And instead you end up getting me to spill all the beans about family dynamics. <laughs> it was good though. Hey, yeah, I'm going to show, show you my book. Perfect. It's sitting still. <laughs> of course you are. Cause you are my hero of sitting still. I, this is not a skill that I'm ready to aspire to. So what is your book about? So it's just about other than sitting still. It's just about, <laughs> well, it's about how, and I've been reading this to kids in classrooms and um, which it live with my mask on, but live and uh, via zoom. And it's just, it's just a little picture book about um, how, when we're kids, sometimes we're told to sit still, but you know, who knows what that means? Maybe it's like, it could be, yeah, like discipline or whatever, but that it's actually sometimes just sitting still for a couple of minutes opens up a world of just discovering what's inside yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. I love it. I love it. Well, maybe if I had read your book as a child, I would, I'll have to analyze on my next walk. Maybe. <laughs> see if I can explore the idea because I believe in just being and I believe in not having distraction but the sitting still is is hard <laughs> <laughs> well you know I, I'll be like like if I'm talking to a friend and I see like a piece of cat hair that's clumped together I have to go pick up the cat hair and throw it away you know, so that's a problem. And some people would say, well, there's a solution to that. Just have less cats. What? That's crazy town. <laughs> Why is it a problem? Oh, I have, I, I'm, I joke that I'm the crazy cat lady. Like I see a kitten. And if I see two kittens cuddling with each other, I joke that's cat porn. <laughs> because I literally have like this psychological thing inside of me of... I want that. And why is that a problem? It's not, except that I'm limited to the cats of the people that will live with me. So I've told my husband, if he, if he dies again, which he died once in a heart attack, I'm turning this place into a cat haven, <laughs> you know, but I just, I love cats. It just, there's, there's something in my head. I think what happened is my womb knew it could not have children to cuddle and to hold because I'd had seven miscarriages so I had I'd done my bit 
And, but it was like, but it can have cats. Cats are wonder. Yeah. Look what my husband bought me. And she's holding up a picture that says life is better with cats, with a cat with its belly exposed, which any cat owner knows that's like, I love you. I trust you. I'll let you pet my belly, like I which is true. Question. If I let someone pet my belly, I really trust them. <laughs> oh, my heavens, Anna. It's too much fun. We always have such a good time when we talk. I knew that's why I wanted you on as one of my first guests, because you always, uh, we every time we talk it's just like natural and easy and i knew you'd help make me look good as one of my first guests and just unfortunately the sound didn't go off but i will say that in that first one you were like oh i'm boring you're not boring you have this beautiful ability to sit still and i'm going to assess if i need to sit still more so i love it <laughs> okay i love you and i hope we get to talk again soon we will, my friend. Thank you so much for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness with Lita Green. And thank you, Anna and Walt, for being my guest. My pleasure. Thanks for being my friend. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.